You're listening to Therapy for Your Money, a podcast about all things money and finance for therapy practice owners. If you want to feel confident and in control of your financial life, then you've come to the right spot. I'm your host, Julie Harris. I'm an accountant and the owner of Green Oak Accounting. My firm specializes in working with private practices across the US, and my team and I have worked with hundreds of private practice owners. I'm on a mission to share all the best practices I've learned along the way because I want you to have a profitable private practice. Hey everyone, welcome back to Therapy for Your Money. Today we are talking about some year-end tax saving tips for private practice owners. Um, We're talking about this before the end of the year so that you have time to do something about these tips before the end of the year because many of them will be time sensitive. Uh, So today joining me is Emily Grauerholtz, who is the tax manager at Green Oak Accounting. Hey, Emily. Hello. It's good to have you back. Emily did our tax saving episode for last year for 2021. We're glad to have you back. Um, All right. So Emily, you and I both know taxes can be a huge surprise for practice owners if they haven't planned for it. Um, But since this episode is airing in November, there is literally no time like the present, right? If a practice owner hasn't started saving for taxes yet, today is a really good day to start, wouldn't you say? Yes, definitely. Yeah. So you still have at least until April 15th uh, to pay your taxes on time. At least you can make a payment late uh, if you need to, but better start now than on April 14th. No time like the present. All right. So when we talk about tax planning, we're talking about strategies that you can implement between now and the end of the year to legally and ethically reduce your tax liability. Uh, So these are are typically going to require some kind of cash outlay. So there's some cases where you may not be able to do uh, to implement some of these strategies. But um, if you have the money available, you're sometimes able to implement these strategies in order to ultimately reduce your total tax for the year. As a business owner, uh, there's a good chance that uh, some of the income that a practice owner has taken home has not been taxed yet. Um, They may receive income through a W-2, their payroll, uh, and they have paid taxes there, but there's a good chance that there's going to be a profit on top of that, or ideally there's a profit on top of that, um, that has not been taxed quite yet. So let's get started. What's your first tip on tax savings for practice owners? Our first tip today is um, for accelerating expenses. Um, So if you're a cash basis business, um, your deductions happen in the year that you pay them. And um, if you can accelerate any expenses into December that you might have otherwise be paying uh, in January, go ahead and pay them in December because you'll get to deduct them in um, 2022 rather than having to wait a whole other year to deduct them in 2023. Um, So this could be any regular business expense. Uh, Don't go do anything crazy that is out of the ordinary, but uh, any rent or software fees or subscription or dues or anything like that, um, go ahead and just pay them in the current year so you can accelerate that deduction. Perfect. Um, And so I like what you said, don't go buy crazy stuff. Tell us more about that. Yeah. um, Don't go completely refurnish your office building. Um, Don't (laughs) go buy a car. Right. Something that uh, was going to happen anyways that won't stick out or be a red flag. 
Yeah. So in, in cash flow has to make sense for that as well. Right. So like, I think what you're saying is don't go refurnish your whole office. If you weren't planning to do that anyways, uh, just because there's profit doesn't mean that you should spend it down to zero, but if there's expenses that you would have, no matter what you can accelerate those. Correct. Yeah. All right. What is your tip number two? Um, the next biggest tax planning um, tool is kind of your retirement savings, your retirement planning contributions. There's lots of different options. The, the most well-known options are a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. Um, those have a lot of income limitations, however. Um, so you have to make sure you are within the, the limits uh, to get um, to be able to contribute to those during the year. Um, if you're a business owner, you have a lot of other options. The biggest one we see would be um, a SEP contribution. Um, all of these mentioned so far, you can contribute up until the date um, you file your return in April. So some flexibility there. Um, some other options if you have a business would be a 401k or a simple um, for you and your employees. Those are a little bit more limited um, in that you have to have those contributions made before the end of the year. Right. So for a 401k and a simple, if you haven't contributed by December 31st, it's too late for that year. But with the SEP and the IRA, you are able to contribute up until the time that your return is filed, correct? Correct. Yes. So there's a little more options um, with those and a little more planning where you could possibly wait to see how your your tax situation is going to turn out before you decide what you want to contribute. That's where there's some flexibility. Perfect. Um, and then as far as all of these, like something is better than nothing, but if you're able to max out your contribution, that's going to reduce your taxable income in the current year, which is a good thing. Yep. All right. What's our tip number three? Um, business use of a personal, personal vehicle. We like to, you know, limit using a personal vehicle for business use. Um, if it's if it's 50% or more business use, it's very reasonable to claim that on your return. Um, we can take actual expenses or you can use the standard IRS mileage deduction. Um, that is um, a, a rate per mile. So you would provide your tax preparer with your mile business miles driven throughout the year and they would take times a, a rate per mile and then get a dollar deduction amount. So for 2022, for the first half of the year, um, it was 58.5 cents per mile. And for the second half of 2022, it was 62.5 cents per mile. So Emily, is the, the actuals better than doing mileage? Which one do you prefer? I prefer doing the mileage. I think in most cases you get the bigger benefit from it, but it really is a case-by-case -case situation to evaluate. Um, I will say with the mileage, you really need to track it. I don't think having mileage alone on your return is any sort of red flag, but if you were to ever get audited, you do want a good record um, of your miles. So use an app or keep very good you know, spreadsheet records or something to actually prove those those miles if needed. Yeah. And ju just saying, oh, I had a thousand business miles. Like that is not nearly enough. You need an actual record of like where you went, what the business purpose was. Mm -hmm. um, I like using an app. 
Uh, Mile IQ is a good one. QuickBooks has a mileage app. Are there any others that you can think of, Emily? No, those are the main. Those are the main ones. Okay, so get an app that is going to do that for you. So I think that's where a lot of business owners get tripped up is they don't want to deal with um, tracking the mileage, and so they don't take that deduction. But it can really it can really add up if you're um, if you're careful about record keeping. It can be a a, a good size deduction. Yes. Yeah. All right. Tip number four. Okay, that would be to use. Um, the home office deduction. Um, this is where if you have a dedicated workspace in your home um, that you use for your business, um, it needs to be, like I said, a dedicated space. It can't just be your kitchen table. Um, but if you have a, a separate room that you use um, for office business related, whatever, um, you can take a percentage of all your home expenses and deduct them as a business expense. So um, we take your mortgage interest, your taxes, your utilities, your internet for your entire house. And then we take a percentage of that based on the square footage of the space used for business versus the square footage of the entire home. And that's how we um, capture an additional business expense for your home office space. So is that a red flag? I hear that rumor very often. I do not believe it is a red flag. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't, if you're allowed to take it, you should take it. Um, there's another part to the home office um, deduction and it, it's kind of a, a next level step. It, it's called the administrative home office. And um, if you can claim that home office space to be your main administrative space for doing your business work, any the advantage to being able to call it that is that it's a separate, it's another office location. And so then if you have a main office location, any mileage, any um, travel between the administrative home office and your main office then becomes business miles um, rather than commuting miles. And the business miles then are kind of an additional deduction for the business. Right. Because commuting miles are non-deductible. Correct. Perfect. Um, anything else on home office? Nope. All right, let's move on to number five. This is the biggest one by far. Tell us everything. Okay, so there is a new thing called the pass-through entity tax. Um, it started, it really hit the ground last year in 2021. It is blown up even more in 2022. Um, so in 2018, tax law changed to put a, a big cap on state and local income taxes that can be deductible on your personal tax return. Um, this is basically a way to bypass that. Um, what we're doing effectively is converting um, an individual income tax into a business tax. So how it works is pass-through income, so S-Corps and partnerships. Their income is generally passed through um, through the entity and to the individual where the individual pays the tax on it at that level. What, what you elect here, and this is a year-to-year -year election, um, you elect to pay the tax on that income at the business level, at the entity level, rather than at the personal level. The advantage of paying it at the business level is that it is a business deduction. 
there's a straight deduction on the business return that, that the IRS cannot limit. It bypasses the $10,000 state and local cap on your personal return. So that's where you see the benefit. Yeah, and so for a, for a business owner, this tends to um, create a bigger tax savings the bigger the profit is in a business, right? The higher the taxable income, but in a high tax state where someone may have to pay 40, 50, $60,000 in state tax, and they were previously limited at the $10,000 cap, they're now able to pay that 40, 50, 60,000 within the business and fully be able to deduct that. Correct. Yeah. Um, And there are 29 states as of the day that we're recording that are um, that allow passive entity tax or PTET this year. So we will have to put a list of that on um, in the show notes on the website. Yes. Um, but that's a that's 29 states. That's a that's a pretty big deal. That's a lot of states that that are offering this. Handles it completely differently. I mean, it's the same concept, but each state handles it a little bit differently as far as um how you technically make the election, how you, how and when, and how often you need to pay that tax, et cetera. Okay. So what do business owners need to know to be able to take advantage of pass-through entity tax? Um, they need to do an evaluation and see if, if there's a tax savings. And if there is a tax savings, um, they likely need to make an, an estimate payment prior to year end. So as most of most businesses are cash basis again. So if um, they want to get that deduction in 2022 for the, the tax paid, it would need to be paid before your end. So that is the biggest piece of, of taking advantage of getting the deduction. Um, but you need to know how much to pay. And it's probably um, best to consult your tax preparer to figure out that amount. All right. So I will say it's not probably best. It definitely is best. I will, I will caveat that. There's a lot of moving pieces to this, including uh, cash flow also, right? There's some practice owners that have already been making state estimated tax payments throughout the year. They may not have the cash flow available to do that um, for this year, right? We saw that happen certainly last year, a handful of times. where the business would have to pay the tax in advance. And then when your return is filed, you would receive a state refund. That's all well and good. Like it does come out in the wash, but from a cash perspective, if you just don't have enough money to do that, there's a lot of things to, to evaluate, to evaluate here. Yeah. It's not, there's no, there's no um, disadvantage to waiting an additional year to do it. If you are in the cash flow crunch, just wait till the next year. And it's it's still always going to be an option. This, I would say this is the time to talk to your accountant. If it is an option in your state, this is the time to at least have the discussion before the end of the year, because in January, there's just not much that we're going to be able to do. Yep. Or anything. We'll be. Are there states that allow after the fact PT payments? Yes, there could just be penalties involved for paying it a little too late. So okay. there, there could be a situation where it there are penalties and the penalties might still out, I mean, might not outweigh the benefit of the tax savings. You might have a little bit of penalties, but the tax savings still greatly outweigh that. And it's okay. a good option for you. It could still make sense. Um, Emily, do you think business owners should do this, try to do this on their own? No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. 
there's a lot of moving pieces here. This is one of the, the more um, complex situations because it doesn't necessarily make sense for everyone. So definitely talk, talk to your talk to your tax preparer here. Um, all right, I've got a couple of bonus questions for you, Emily. So these are not tax saving tips, um, but things that we get asked often. So my first bonus question is, what do you consider to be a red flag for audit? I think the biggest red flag is if you have a 1099 mismatch. So that means if um, all the, the 1099s that were filed that show you have income, if the IRS adds all those up and they end up being greater than the income you report on your business schedule, that is by far the biggest red flag. Um, they, they can clearly, um, you know, they can clearly note that you have this much income. And if you have anything less than that, that's a big red flag. Yeah. And that is done automatically with document matching. So they get all the, all the 1099s. Uh, it's not, it's not difficult for them to do. Right. right. Um, all right. Anything else? Another red flag would be um, just outrageously high expenses um, that are out of the ordinary. So if, you know, you only have, if you have a $500,000 revenue business, um, $100,000 spent on advertising is going to be outrageous and it's going to be an outlier and it will be a, a big, big red flag. Um, another um, out, a red flag just on, on your return in general is any sort of consistent losses, whether that's um, your main business or, uh, um, you know, a side business or a, um, something that they might consider to be a hobby loss and they might disallow um, in the future. Yeah, so making money, having a profit, a taxable income is actually a good thing, right? Yep. And when you're when you talk about red flags, you're not saying if you have these things, you automatically will get audited. You're just saying it is more likely that you will get audited, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last question for you, Emily. What do you wish practice owners knew about their taxes? I think the biggest thing is for them to understand that even if you make estimated taxes throughout the year, um, it doesn't necessarily mean you won't owe anything with your tax return. Um, estimated payments are just that. They're estimated and they don't guarantee that it's going to completely cover your tax liability. Um, hopefully it does but it doesn't always mean that, especially if you're you're following your prior year estimates. If there has been a, a huge change in your income, the tax is going to follow. There's going to be a huge change in your tax amount, and you probably haven't been paying um, enough if you're just following prior year estimate amounts. Okay, so that's also a good time to talk to your tax preparer, right? Correct. Get a big, big jump in income, just talk to your tax person. Definitely do that. Um, all right, what else do you wish they knew? Um, definitely the importance of getting their tax preparer, uh, their information and documents on time. Um, we it, It's a whole process to do a tax return. It's not as simple as drop, dropping a form in and, you know, spitting out a return really quickly. Um, we, the no tax preparer is going to be able to get your forms in one day and turn around your tax return within, within a day. So don't ever provide your forms to your tax preparer on the due date because it's probably not going to be filed timely. Nope. We, we have the processes. We, we do our due diligence and really like, like our time preparing returns. 
Yeah. And, and most firms, certainly including ours, like have a very specific review process, right? There's multiple sets of eyes on each and every tax return. And there's a lot of questions that we have to ask in order to be able to confidently um, be confident that the information is correct on the return. Correct. Yes. I, I will. I want to add to that. Like, like you said, there's always follow-up questions. So even if you feel like you've given us all your forms, we have follow-up questions. And so we need to turn around time on that. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, Emily, thanks for coming on today. It's great to chat with you. And uh, for anyone who's listening, who is one of our uh, Green Oak Accounting clients, you'll have the pleasure of chatting with Emily probably at some point during tax season or someone on her amazing, uh, amazing team. So I'm wishing you a very smooth tax season, Emily. Thanks, Julie. If you're looking for accounting help, head over to therapyforyourmoney.com slash accounting to find information about my accounting firm and all of our specialized services just for private practice owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, click on ratings and reviews, and give us a quick shout out. We really appreciate it. The information contained in this podcast represents the host and guest's general opinions and should not be construed as personalized accounting and tax advice. Listeners should consider all facts and circumstances before applying this information and seek appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Any info provided does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice.